the Landlord and Lawyer Podcast with Ben Beadle and Tessa Shepherdson. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode nine of the Landlord and Lawyer Podcast. Nine episodes. It's great, isn't it, Ben? I can't um, believe that. He's uh, he's Ben Beadle, he's the landlord, and... She's Tessa Shepperson, she's the lawyer. And uh, we are the Landlord and Lawyer podcast, and we have a really special guest today. Yeah, we do. Um, yeah, he's very well known uh, in, in the sector. Uh, he's worked for the NLA and uh, Arla Property Mark, now with uh, Rightmove. Uh, David Cox is our special guest, and I'm... Oh, yeah, I've worked with David for many years, always interested in to see uh, what he's got to say. And uh, today's no exception. He has warned us that he has workmen in his flat knocking one of his walls down. So I understand there may be a little bit of incidental noise. So um, hopefully that won't cause too much of a disturbance. But, Fing- um, fingers crossed. Filter it out. That's what I'd say. Filter well, it out. We'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> see what we can do. So um, let's have well, a listen, shall we? Well, let's have a listen. Yeah. And here we are today with a very special guest, don't we, Ben? We do indeed. He doesn't need an introduction, um, but I'm going to briefly ask him to introduce himself anyway. Uh, David Cox from Rightmove. How's life? Good morning. Hello. Yes, life is very good. So, yes, uh, I'm David Cox. I'm Rightmove's legal and compliance director. Um, Been there for about five months. Most people probably know me from many, many years ago when I was at the uh, NLA uh, before its merger um, as their senior policy officer. But over the last seven years, I've been Arla's CEO. Um, yeah, I moved to Right Move just a few short months ago. Fantastic. I mean, tell us a little bit about the role that you've taken on there, David, if you wouldn't mind. I suppose everybody knows who Right Move is. It's the largest property portal in the UK. Um, huge, huge inventory, vast consumer base. It's where most people go to start their search for a new property, be it a tenant or a buyer. Even vendors at times will start on right move to find out what their price, what their properties are worth. You know, we've got a huge, huge inventory and a massive sold prices index for people to, to really use to find the information they want about homes in the UK. And what do I do there? Um, so my role is kind of 50-50. Half of it is making sure that right move itself is complying with all the necessary laws. Uh, and all running all of its legal and compliance uh, functions within the business. And then the other half of my role is to help the industry, sellers, landlords, tenants, agents, comply with the laws that govern the industry and make sure that everybody is working in the best interests of the people that we serve, which is our customers. Hmm. I think I was talking to you earlier, David, and you said that you were, that Rightmoot was... was was taking steps to uh, ensure that, um, well, to minimise any fraud. Um, yes. What, what, what are you doing about that? Tell people about that. So fraud is something that is, it's increasing. We've heard it for years. Think about the gum tree scams for, you know, back a decade ago, uh, Tessa, you and I were talking about it. And the scammers have got more sophisticated over time. Uh, over the last couple of years, Rightmove has really been increasing its anti-fraud detections making sure that fraudulent agents can't get on site uh, and fraudulent listings can't appear on site. But one of the other things we're doing now um, is very much 
You know, we can't expect particularly tenants to understand every law that governs the private rented sector, particularly letting agents. You know, does my agent have CMP? Does it have redress? Is it a member of a tenancy deposit scheme? Is it registered with the Information Commissioner's Office? You know, these are things that tenants probably don't know about, but we do. Um, we're a large company, so we have the capacity and the capability to make sure the people that are advertising on right move have all the right stuff. And again, because it's the first place most people go to, we are making sure that all of our customers, and it's something we are in chain doing at the moment, anybody that is new onto Rightmove nowadays has to go through quite an extensive vetting process. They're not allowed on site until they've got all their legal requirements. And we're now going to be starting to go back and checking all of our existing members and then rechecking them on a regular basis to make sure that they are up to speed and complying with all the necessary laws. Mm. Has there been any consumer resistance to that or is it going smoothly? There's certainly been no consumer resistance to that. Interestingly, a few customers, we have had uh, some pushback, but actually the majority being like, oh, I didn't know I needed to do that. Thank you very much. So it's almost an educational piece as much as it is a consumer protection piece. Because it comes back to that old adage of why everybody is listening to this podcast today, of you don't know what you don't know. Or having somebody to say, look, I'm sure you're running an absolutely perfect business, but you know you need CMP. It's a legal requirement. You know you need to register with the Information Commissioner's Office. And interestingly, that's the one that most people seem to be forgetting about at the moment, because they know all about the rental laws. And I know I have to have tenancy deposit protection. I know I need to have to have redress. Um, and CMP, but because the ICO and data protection is something that applies to everybody, people do forget about it. And yeah, entirely understandably, um, not necessarily something that is in the forefront of your mind when you're thinking, I want to set up an estate agent or a letting agent, is it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think there's often a bit of resistance to, to signing up with the ICO. People often don't understand why they should, but of course everybody who runs a business and keeps electronic information has to do that. I mean, I've signed up with the ICO. I've been for years, paid them my 35 quid a year. You know, it's uh, just something you have to do. <laughs> it is indeed. It is. Um, yeah. When you're transferring data, and certainly an organisation like Rightmove has vast amounts of consumer data, um, yeah, every lead that is sent, um, we hold that data. We are very, very careful. Yeah. Everything that is built into Rightmove is privacy by design to make sure that we are only using that personal data correctly and as is required and uh, consented to by consumers. And I think that is something that is really important for landlords to think about and for letting agents to think about is that uh, the GDPR, the General Data Protection Regulations and the Data Protection Act, is really quite onerous and there are substantial fines for breaching GDPR. So it's something that we're trying to help our customers out by explaining it to them, explaining where we have the chain of consent, that you can pass it, we can pass it to you, our customer. You can't pass it any further without getting that consent from the lead that has generated from Rightmove. And it's a lot of those sort of things that agents and landlords may not necessarily fully understand that what they can and can't do with their tenants' data. Just like to say here to people listening, if you do want to find more about um, data protection, the ICO has a really, really good website, which I think is www.ico.org.uk. 
And um, if, you, if you're concerned about anything, that's the best place to go. And I, I found them really helpful when I've spoken to their helpline. They've always been really nice and helpful. So people shouldn't worry about um, asking them for information if you're, if you're not sure about anything. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with that entirely. They've got some really helpful little flow charts as well on site. Loads of interesting guidance documents and really short, simple, easy mm. and guidance documents. And a few quick tests as well. <laughs> quite useful so do i need to do this and it's got like a a series of questions and then it comes out with this is your self-assessment answer you don't need to do this or yes you do need to do that so if you're not sure the answer they've actually got really helpful little flow uh flow things to help you and self-assessments David, I was just going to jump in there and, and, and ask a little bit about, um, we all like a, a flow chart and a, a little quiz, um, uh, but <laughs> this point about right move, keeping tenants informed of their obligations as well, I think is an interesting one because, you know, certainly you and I have worked for many years around, you know, raising the profile of landlords, agents and, and tenants obligations. What sort of response have you, have you got from, from tenant groups or tenants around the provision of information that you provide back uh, to those people? So I suppose we don't provide a huge amount of information to tenants. Uh, we have a regular newsletter that goes out to, uh, to people that are signed up to right move on a regular basis. Um, and there in that we contain both information about sales and lettings um, because it, it, it's a generic newsletter. Um, and we do get some, some bits back, but most of what we provide is to the industry to try and help industry be compliant, particularly around what they are putting on their listings, how to go about making sure that they are doing things properly and helping them with things like, yeah, particularly COVID, as we think about what, what has happened over the last 12 months. Um, there was a tiny, tiny percentage of agents 12 months ago that were using videos. Now it's kind of become the norm. And I think agents have really embraced the concept, not just because it was a way of marketing properties while we were all locked down, but actually it's a great way of doing that initial screen so that you're not going out and with the best one in the world, wasting a load of your time and your effort showing people properties that they either can't afford or they've got no intention, they're just going for a nice nose on a Saturday afternoon. Um, who doesn't do that? No, oh, indeed, indeed. I was going to ask you, David, I mean, yeah, maybe maybe moving on to COVID then, in that particular example, you know, why is it why has it taken such um, a devastating of event for what is something that is now so blindingly obvious, um, uh, you know, for, for the industry to kind of get to grips with? Virtual, you know, virtual viewings are, are here to stay, aren't they? Yeah, and do you know what? They've been around for years, but people have never really seen the benefit of them. They like, the, you know, we're a people business, mm. like going meet our clients, show them around. Um, uh, you, we all, all three of us talked when the tenant fees ban came in that agents were going to start being more selective about who they showed around to properties um, and do sort of pre-screening because of the costs involved in or the wasted costs involved in doing them. They've now found a route and almost the pandemic has thrown that to the fore as it was the only way to do anything for the first few or well, for a few months last mm. year. So I think that's that's what's caused it. There's been it's been a myriad of things, but the pandemic was the catalyst that threw a lot of the technology solutions right to the very fore. I know we did a huge amount of work uh, at the beginning of lockdown last year 
because whilst you could upload videos onto site this time last year, it was a bit clunky. And therefore, the, as lockdown kicked in, um, our development teams really did go to work to make sure that and they took that and launched it. It was before my time, but it was one of the quickest concept to market products um, that Rightmove had ever developed to make sure that our customers, agents around the country could get those videos uploaded. And it didn't matter which, um, you know, the, the providers that are being used. Um, so most of the providers now cannot, we can get videos uploaded onto site. And it shows how quickly a market can develop and react um, when put under extreme pressure. Um, yeah, I don't think uh, you get more extreme pressure than global pandemic and the entire world. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that occurs to me um, is that it is actually a lot safer, particularly for women agents, um, with with virtual viewings, because, I mean, there have been, I mean, Susie mm -hmm. Lamplow, of course, is the classic yeah, example. Indeed, there, indeed. There, there have been cases, you know, where, where people have, have um, you know, mm. had problems, shall we say, with... Oh, uh, oh no, it, it's, yeah, um, it's something that I know, certainly in my time at Property Mart, we were huge supporters of the Susie Lampoo Trust. I think it was 35 years ago, just a couple of weeks ago, yeah. uh, that it actually happened because we are very close to one of the to the anniversary of it. And, and yeah, I, particularly agents do put themselves at risk going to view properties on their own with, with people they've never met. This is a great way of screening them out. Yeah. And screening out people that aren't likely to be able to afford it, people who aren't really suitable for the property. Um, and you're also, a lot of agents are collecting a lot of those personal details and almost starting to do the pre-vetting now after the virtual tour, but before the actual tour. So if you think about the Susie Lampu case, um, they don't know really who it was. They've got a name and that was it. Whereas nowadays, if you're going out to do the physical viewing, You've got a lot more of that person's personal data already where you will be able to identify them should the worst happen. Now, again, it doesn't stop things like fraud, um, but, yeah, you've got a lot more than Susie did when she went on that video, that viewing 35 years ago. And I suppose also in a, in a lot of cases, they would have paid a holding deposit as well. Potentially, yes, nowadays. It's an interesting question, actually. There's something that we say uh, as a sort of anti-fraud measure at the moment is don't hand over money until uh, you've seen the property. But actually, in today's day and age, they have actually seen the property, albeit only virtually. Um, so it's something that we're looking at what should we be saying in our guidance to consumers and to tenants at the moment? Um, should we be making, and you might get asked, to, our, to put the holding deposit. Interestingly, I'm a bit reluctant to do that at the moment because I'm worried that that might open up a loophole for fraudsters and then we're only taking a week. So, okay, they might have asked for four or six weeks before, but they still might be uh, defrauding people out of a week's rent. So we've still st stuck it. Of, of don't, don't give money before you've seen the property but it's it's an interesting one what would you guys recommend on that well well i have to say i've um i'm lining up my students for the summer as you know david um and my agent took a holding deposit 
uh, once they had whittled them down on the on the sort of virtual viewing, mm-hmm. and then and then took them took 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 them round to for a you know, a physical viewing, and obviously they 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 proceeded. Um, there was there was no issue there, but it's one of those things that you when you think about it, you think actually this is a whole different ball game now. Um, mm-hmm. In a very short space of time, I think the the industry has done incredibly well to uh, and and you know you, we've seen in various reports you know it's an incredibly resilient industry uh, mainly because it's got lots of creative and in, innovative people operating within it but it does throw up different uh, dif- different and difficult conundrums uh, not least you know in terms of payment of holding deposits so in my own situation I've collected them I'll be honest with you mm-hmm. um, uh, but it is something that uh you know th- that needs careful working out to be fair so i think that is something that maybe we need to revisit because we mm. did quite prominently on our site of don't don't hand over money until you've seen the property so maybe we need to put a bit of nuance on that one at the moment um but yes and i suppose you know talking about resilience there ben it's I, it is fascinating to see how the country has responded in terms of the pandemic to the property market. Now, I know this time last year, I was thinking the sales a, the sales market is tanked for the rest of the mm-hmm. year. The lettings will dribble along, but we're not going to see huge uh, movement around the sector whilst everybody is locked down and scared of going outside. But actually, that's not what happened at all. Um, uh, yeah, despite the fact that we are in lockdown at this point, or we were in lockdown um, and complete lockdown until just a few days ago, um, we've seen some of the highest, well, we've seen record months, record days of traffic on site this year. Because uh, people are bored and just looking at right move every day. I, I have to say some evenings that that's my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think there's certainly an element of that. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I suppose traffic stats for us does include the people that are just having a quick nose round, see what's going on. Um, Wasters like me. <laughs> not at all. Those are the people, yeah, you're, people that are on the site, they're always looking and they're yes, always yeah. thinking about it. And that's what we're there to serve. Um, but our biggest, our, our better tracker is the number of leads that are then sent on to agents that are trending hugely, hugely up. My last year, shockingly, we had a record year. And we were ending the year almost 60% higher uh, in terms of traffic on a daily basis than um, leads sent than we were at the end of 2019. And 2021 is hitting record year. It's just unbelievable the number of people that are going to the site. Um, um, tell me, what's your take on why this is? I know that we're all obsessed with property. We've obviously got things like stamp duty or uh, holidays and, and other sorts of incentives out there. But you know, is it is it solely down to that? What pent up demand? Tell me. Well, you know, I think there's multiple different reasons, um, and this is just the world according to David. I don't have any uh, any actual evidence to back this up, but I would suggest number one, um, we're seeing that prices in and around London and the big cities are not as great as they are outside and uh, outside because people are looking for more space. Two bedroom flats used to be hottest on the market people don't want two bedroom flats as much now they want outside space they want more living space yeah hopefully you can't hear the fact that i've got workmen in at the moment down walls to make more space (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
but and then that's people are kind of either looking for more space or they're renovating. So that's the other, I suppose, the side of it. But a lot of people are looking to move out of the cities, get a garden, get more space. Um, there's also you now we we hear a lot about um, the sort of the negative effects of the pandemic. You know, the huge number of people that have unfortunately had to take reductions in salary due to this furlough scheme or lost their jobs altogether. But at the same point, there are many millions of people who, because of lockdown, haven't been going to the restaurant, haven't been getting their coffee on the way to work in the morning, didn't go on holiday last year, aren't going on holiday this year. And I can't remember what the figure was, but I've got in my head either six or nine million more savers than there were this time last year, at which point people have got more money to put more money down for a deposit on a larger house um, or have got more money to um, build a new room. Um, so <laughs> uh, and that's what people are doing. Yeah, you know, I know many of my colleagues in both my current job and my last job who took the opportunity of, well, I'm not going on holiday this year, therefore I'm going to get an extension put on or I'm going to redo the kitchen or the bathroom. Um, and you know, that's what many people are doing. Which is then improving the value of the houses. As you, you, you know, you add extra space, you add extra value, increases the value. Oh, now that I've done that, so I do know people last year, for example, that did that last year, now putting it on the market um, because they've got a bigger house, which is worth more, so they can afford a larger house going forward. So I think there are multiple different reasons why the market is so so buoyant. Um, it's you, know, you talk about booms, but this has been going on for a long time. Um, the stamp duty extension, yeah, unquestionably is helping. Just to give you an idea, um, the hour after the stamp duty extension was announced in the budget a few weeks ago, uh, the use of our mortgage calculator on the site jumped by 85%. Um, Incredible. One hour. And that was from a, quite a lot of people that use it on a daily basis in any, in any event. So an 85% jump is a very large number of people used it as soon as that uh, announcement. And I'm sure we all know people. I know I've got friends that have gone, oh, wow. And I've got an offering on a house that they've been looking at but not bothered to do it because they're like, oh, stamp duty. Oh, no, I, I'll, I'll get it over the line. Yeah. Mm. So do you, I, I, mean, I think that really has helped. No, indeed. I, th- I think you're right, David. And the other thing I was going to ask about is is confidence in relation to, uh, you know, not just during COVID, but maybe you're know, looking beyond COVID now. Obviously, as a, a, a landlord uh, um, representative body, we've got some landlords that have a, you know, a negative outlook on life because of eviction bans and so forth. But as you've probably seen from some of our figures, you know, we've had record recruitment um, and, and record numbers. You know, where do you sit in terms of the confidence barometer, would you suggest? I think that actually there is a lot of confidence in the market and the, you know, the movement in the market is demonstrating that level of confidence at the moment. Landlords are buying up. Some are leaving because they, you know, they, they have been burned. Indeed. There is no question that landlords are still buying Unfortunately, the people that have been hardest hit by the pandemic are the tenants, not the homeowners. Um, and you know, unfortunately, that is just market forces. That is how the world works. And therefore, there is going to be a large tenant base. Um, so I don't think landlords need to be too worried about you know, increasing number of landlords driving the price of rent down 
because I would almost suggest that there is an increasingly a burgeoning demand for rented property, maybe not necessarily in the traditional rental areas as well. I can see a situation where people maybe in the cities, two bedroom flats, maybe looking to move out, rent somewhere in the countryside because they've got then the space that they want, but don't want to sell their property. You know, a two bedroom flat in central London um, is not worth as much as it was 12 months ago. So maybe they're going to put that on the market for rental and then rent somewhere else where they've got more space out in the countryside. Um, at which point that's further building the rental market because you've gone from one homeowner to two tenants. Indeed, mm. indeed. So I can see that happening. And again, you know, I know people that have been doing are doing that. And, and David, you, you talk about confidence and, you know, some landlords leaving the sector and, and tenants generally being sort of a slightly worse end. What's your what's your take on how the government have handled the, you know, the private rented sector through COVID? So might be a little bit controversial and con- conscious of some of the things that I, I've seen uh, that you put out recently, Ben. Uh, but generally, I actually think the government has handled it remarkably well. Um, I know when lockdown first started, um, or it hadn't actually started at that point, it was a week before we went into lockdown, that we started a campaign, and there were multiple organisations involved in that, that was keep the rent flowing. Indeed. Yeah. The industry can survive as long as the government is making sure that people are getting being able to pay their rent. It's not going to build up the court systems and the backlog as much as uh it would have done if they hadn't. To a large extent, they did. And I know talking to officials in the first days of the furlough scheme, where we were like, Well, you've forgotten about these people, you've forgotten about these people, you've forgotten about these people, and they were very willing to put people in. They helped the industry as well. Um, with the uh, oh, my mind's just gone blank business rates reduction. Um, so wiping off business rates, I, I, I don't know where the figures come from, but I've got in my head 220 million pounds it saved the industry in business rates last year. Not to mention, uh, they got access to all the government grants, the local authority grants, um, depending on the size of the business civils uh, and all the the loan schemes that were available. I do agree with you, though, Ben, that the rent arrears have been building up, not as much as I think a lot of people were expecting, but if a private landlord with one property and your tenant's been in rent arrears for 12 months now, whether the average across the industry is 5% is completely irrelevant. It's 100% for you. And therefore, they have got to start dealing with this problem and they've got to get to grips with it quickly. Again, I'm in favour of the concept of some sort of loan scheme that you've been talking about, uh, Ben. But we've also got to sort out and we've got to speed up the the actual possession process. Indeed. Yeah. And get their properties back. Can we quickly, um, David, perhaps switch topic and perhaps you could give us a very brief update on what's happening with the ROPA report and, and mandatory training for agents. Is that going anywhere? Well, I don't think it's going anywhere at the moment, but I will accept that uh, the government has had slightly higher priorities over the last 12 months. <laughs> uh, I would say ROPA is probably something that is going along the same lines as the Renters' Reform Bill, the ban on Section 21, that it was full steam ahead until 
the apocalypse happened and everything stopped. So yeah, I was talking to some of the officials and the, the actual official that was running Roper um, is currently heading up the COVID task force at MHCLG at the moment. So, um, and literally it's, it's been, I think, I don't know hundred percent, but my understanding is just stop doing that. Come and do this, get this exactly. And then we'll go back to that. I know there's been a little bit of work and a little bit of progress, but it's, it's, it's been tiny. So uh, you heard me talk at the conference last year, Tessa, and to be fair, the conference of the year before as well, um, that it's coming along the lines. Um, don't just think it's stopped because you haven't heard anything about it. It is going to be coming. Um, so get ready. And training is so important. I know that ROPA is all about regulation of property agents. So it's going to be the letting agents, the estate agents, and the auctioneers first. But that doesn't mean that phase two is not landlords. Now, the re- I sat on the working group. Uh, the report very clearly says we start with the letting agents, we move on to the landlords next. So for the sort of uh, for the letting agent, your letting agent listeners, it's coming. You might as well get ahead of the game as early as possible because then you're not going to be scrabbling around at the end. Whilst everybody else is scrabbling around at the end, you're going to be winning all that business. So get there first. For your landlords listening, um, expect this to be coming down the line. I don't know what your views are on this one, Ben, but I do think some form of landlord redress and independent redress is going to be coming in the not too distant future. And I think training will then come after that. Maybe the landlord community is possibly a decade behind the agent community, but you can't operate a two-tier market where business and a letting agent, they've got to be trained, qualified, check money, all of the all of the stuff that you expect, free independent redress. Whereas if you go to a private individual that is letting out a house, you don't need any of it. I can't imagine that it's going to be allowed to continue for that much longer. No, I would agree with that, David. And I think, um, you know, as you well know, it's a Queen's speech commitment um, from the last from from the last occasion. And uh, I think we can all let the government off the hook in terms of their their priorities and and response to these things. But, you know, it's coming. It it may well be delayed, but it it is inevitable. And, um, you know, as you say, I don't think we can have a two tier system where tenants get a better experience through an agent than they do for a landlord and as a, a landlord that self-manages because he's, he's mean um you know i i you know i don't want to be in that in in that position simple as that yeah. i recommend some great agents for you ben <laughs> <laughs> i bet, bet you can <laughs> okay well i think we've probably reached the end of our time so um it's been an interesting chat thank you david Oh, I've really enjoyed it. And I do apologise if you can hear the banging in the background. <laughs> That's okay. Well, you we're very grateful, that, <laughs> very grateful that you're able to join us. So um, hopefully you'll come back later and talk to us again. Yeah, I very much look forward to it. Yeah, I've really enjoyed it. Um, okay. And of course, uh, I, I look forward to speaking at the conference in the not too distant future. The Landlord Law Conference, yes. The Landlord Law Conference, absolutely. <laughs> okay, then. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. Well, Ben, 
Yeah, that was an interesting chat, wasn't it? As as forecast, uh, Tessa, uh, David's an incredibly um, knowledgeable guy on our on our sector. Um, but it is really fascinating to hear him talk about you know how Right Move have seen things over the over the pandemic and his observations around how the industry has successfully innovated during during that time and as we come out of lockdown as well. Yeah. Yeah, and and I was also interested to hear about the steps that they're taking to um, sort of protect um, their customers by requiring people advertising on their platform to um, you know to comply with all the regulations. I think that's I think that's really good. I would agree with that, and I think you know uh, pointing out to uh, customers what they need and why they need it is just another uh, check in the system to make sure that. agents have got their wits about them and they're doing things that they are meant to be doing for the benefit of landlords and and renters yeah so i mean it's it's good that right moves doing that hopefully the other portals either are or will be doing that in in due course yeah absolutely but i was also interested to get his take on you know uh, the industry and the government response um to covid-19 as well you know david's been involved in a lot of lobbying and, and political circles over over many years interesting to see him uh you know uh, broadly supportive of the of the government response i think hmm. yeah well hopefully we'll we'll have him back again um well, we should future. yes hopefully without workmen knocking the walls down in the background although actually it wasn't it wasn't too bad hopefully people were able to uh, to hear what he said indeed and he's always got useful things to say so uh hope you enjoyed the listen and uh, i guess we'll see you folks next time yes we'll, we'll we'll see you again thank you very much to our special guest david cox and um he's ben beagle the landlord and she's tessa shepperson she's the lawyer Uh, Well, we'll be seeing you again.